सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सहवीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीतमस्तु मद्विषा वहै ओ नमश्रीशंकरानंद नमश्रीशंकरानंद गुरुपादाबुजन्मने गुरुपादाबुजन्मने सविलास महामोह सविलास महामोह ग्राहग्रासकर्मणे we are at the end of the seventh chapter of panchadashi this whole chapter is an exposition on one verse taken from brahmadaranyaka upanishad that upanishad quotes this verse which is the very first verse of this seventh chapter atmanam ched vijaniyat ayamasmidi purushah kimichchan kasya kamaya shariram anusanjare is the first verse of this chapter <coughs> what it means is atmanam ched vijaniyat if one knows the self i am asmi this is this i am i am this meaning i am the self in this manner when one knows oneself one has what we call aparoksha or immediate knowledge i am asmi this is the self i am complete being i am the consciousness in this manner when one knows the self immediately kimichchan kasya kamaya शरीरम अनुसंजरेत किमिच्छन डिजायरिंग व्हाट कस्य कामाय फॉर द फुलफिलमेंट ऑफ हुज डिजायर शरीरम अनुसंजरेत वन विल सफर इन अकॉर्डेंस विद द बॉडी व्हाट इट मींस इज किमिच्छन डिजायरिंग व्हाट द आइडिया इज व्हेन द नॉलेज द सेल्फ टेक्स प्लेस देयर इज नो डिजायर एनीमोर कस्य कामाय बिकॉज़ देयर इज नो डिजायरर शरीरम अनुसंजरेत वाई शुड वन कंटिन्यू सफर अलॉन्ग विद द बॉडी और वाई शुड वन सुपर इम्पोज द अफ्लिक्शन द बॉडी अपॉन द सेल्फ मीनिंग देर आर नो एफ्लिक्शन नो सफरिंग नो अनहैपीनेस एट ऑल दिस इज वॉट दैट वर्स इज दैट वेन देर इज एन इमीडिएट नॉलेज ऑफ द सेल्फ दैट आई एम सच एंड सच आई एम ब्रह्मन आई एम कंप्लीट आई एम लिमिटलेस when this knowledge is there about the self and there is immediate knowledge then there is no desirer because the desirer itself is a superimposition upon the self self which is complete cannot have any desire at all when i find myself desiring that i find myself desiring because i take myself to be an incomplete being the desire is an expression of sense of inadequacy or incompleteness when one discovers the self to be complete self then there is no inadequacy there is no desire because the very desirer is not there the desirer is 
is what we say in the morning as adhyarova, a superimposition. He is the product of ignorance. When the desirer is not there in the wake of the knowledge of self, then there is no desire also. And therefore, whatever afflictions are there on account of entertaining desires and pursuing desires, because when the desire is there itself, having a desire itself is is is, an, is, is a kind of suffering. It's kind of an affliction. Because when I find myself desiring, well, it, that itself I cannot accept. Moment a desire arises in my mind, there is a need on my part to fulfill that desire because a desiring self I cannot accept. So very existence of desire shows an affliction. That itself is an expression of what we call samsara or affliction. This man, wise man, is completely free from every affliction. And so, the desire is just an indication of an affliction. Or it is the source of all the afflictions. Because when the desire arises, then proceeds an action to fulfill that desire. From that arises either success or failure. From that arises the likes and dislikes. And thus, set is said the whole chain of likes, dislikes, desire, action, result, experiences. And this whole chain, I mean, series of events, which is what we call samsara. So that is what is said here is that one totally becomes free from all the afflictions of samsara <coughs> by the knowledge of the self. This is what that verse says. And this seventh chapter, which has about 300 verses, in 300 verses the author has expounded in great detail the ideas contained in this one verse. <coughs> In course of the, say the second verse, that it's asyaha sutehe abhiprayaha samyag atravicharyade jivan muktasyatrupti satena vishadayade. Asyaha sutehe abhiprayaha. So the idea, what is the, what is conveyed by this particular verse, atra samyag vicharyade, we are going to expound this verse in great detail. For what reason? Jivan muktasyatrupti. That truptihi, the total satisfaction that a wise man experiences, satena vishadayate, that will become very clear. The total fulfillment that a wise man experiences will become very clear by the exposition of this verse. Therefore, the purpose of this chapter really is to expound the truptihi, expound the total fulfillment, total sense of satisfaction that a wise man experiences. Therefore, this seventh chapter is called Trupti Deepa Prakranam. Deepa means that which illumines. So this seventh chapter illumines the Trupti, illumines the total satisfaction, the joy or the fulfillment that a wise man experiences. <coughs> in course of discussion here, the author, in order to develop the ideas, the author said that there are seven stages of a jiva or seven stages of an individual. What are these seven stages? Said Adnyanam, ignorance. Then Avaranam, which is veiling. Vikshepa, superimposition. Then Parokshagnanam, Aparokshagnanam, Shoka Muktihi, and Niritesha Truptihi. First stage is Adnyanam, ignorance. Second stage is Avaranam, on account of ignorance, 
that is veiling of the true nature of the self. The third stage is vikshepa. When I do not know myself as I am, then I take myself to be different from what I am. Therefore, I take myself to be a karta, bhokta, a doer, an enjoyer, a limited individual. So first is ignorance, second is not knowing my true nature, and third is knowing myself wrongly. So this is where the problem begins. Merely ignorance is not so much a problem, but taking myself to be other than what I am is a problem. For example, when we are fast asleep, there is a total veil of ignorance. I do not know the self at all, I do not know anything. In the deep sleep state, there is no samsara, at least there is no suffering at all. There is total freedom from any kind of afflictions or suffering. <coughs> because there is no vikshepa. Moment I wake up, then there is a vikshepa. Vikshepa means superimposition. I find myself a limited being. So superimposition of a sense of limitation. Superimposition of sense of doership. Superimposition of sense of enjoyership. So kartrutvam. Bhaktrutvam, this is called Vikshepa. Vikshepa is taking myself to be opposite of what I am. <coughs> that is said to be the third state. Then, when one is exposed to the teaching, as a result of the teaching, the first thing that happens is what we call parokshajnanam or indirect knowledge. In the beginning there is this understanding when the teacher expounds with the help of reasoning that the self being what it is cannot have, the self is complete or limitless there cannot be limitation in the self that even though I find myself a limited being that sense of limitation is not right, is not real, it is false it is superimposition arising from ignorance when this is understood by me then I realize that yes, the self is complete is what we call parokshajnanam or indirect knowledge. Then when this vichara or the inquiry continues, then ultimately I realize myself to be the limitless being, I realize myself to be the complete being, which is what we call aparokshajnanam or immediate knowledge. In the beginning the knowledge is general, knowledge is indirect, ultimately it becomes immediate, it becomes my own, you know, my immediate knowledge, which is what we call aparokshajnanam. As a result of that, that sense of doership, the sense of enjoyership, all of these are discovered to be false. When I discover myself to be complete, then there is no shoka. Whatever sense of grief I experience because of a sense of limitation, all of that drops off. And finally, there is triptihi, there is a total satisfaction or fulfillment. So these seven stages are identified here by the author. It is also illustrated in the chapter by a famous illustration of, of the story of the tenth man. So how the tenth man is lost? So first of all there is an ignorance of the tenth man. Secondly then arises, then this fellow says tenth man is not there, tenth man is lost. Thirdly he says, well the tenth man is dead or I am the ninth man, he says. And then arises all the search and all the uh, disappointments, frustrations because they cannot find the tenth man. So this is what, to this point is what we call samsara. 
ఆవరణం అగ్ని అజ్ఞానం ఆవరణం అండ్ విక్షేప ఇగ్నరెన్స్ నాట్ నోయింగ్ అండ్ థింకింగ్ దట్ ది టెన్త్ మ్యాన్ ఈస్ లాస్ట్ ఆర్ టెన్త్ మ్యాన్ ఈస్ డెడ్ దిస్ ఈ సంసార దెన్ సంబడి కమ్స్ అలాంగ్ అండ్ ఫైండ్ దిస్ చిల్డ్రన్ వీపింగ్ దెన్ ఆస్క్ సమ్ వాట్ ద ప్రాబ్లమ్ ఈస్ దెన్ దిస్ పర్సన్ సేస్ దీ డిస్క్రైబ్ ద హోల్ స్టోరీ as to how when we started in the morning for this picnic there were 10 of us and then we crossed the river and then when i wanted to verify whether all the 10 have reached safely or not then i started counting them and i found that there are only nine people then the old man asks him how did you, how did you find that there are nine people he says well i counted and i counted and i found that there are all nine then that old man realized the mistake that these people were making and therefore he says to this boy don't worry the tenth man is not lost when this is said then this boy realizes okay the tenth man is not lost he still does not know who the tenth man is but he says he understands the tenth man is and that relieves him of a lot of pain already then in the next step the old man asks this boy okay again count and tell me how you found out that there are only nine the boy again starts counting 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 and then the old man says look you are the tenth man and when this is being told then the boy realizes that i am the tenth man he knows himself as the tenth man this is what we call aparoksha gnanam or immediate knowledge in the beginning the old man says don't worry i'll find out the tenth man for you this is what we call indirect knowledge paroksha gnanam then it says you are the tenth man so first knowledge is the tenth man is the second knowledge is tenth man i am first knowledge is brahma asti brahma is ultimate knowledge is brahma asmi i am brahma god is this is indirect knowledge god is not separate from me i am not separate from god this is immediate knowledge <coughs> when this happens then all the anxieties and the fear and whatever there was in his boy because the tenth man was lost all of them go away he becomes free from shoka or grief and then when he realizes i am the tenth boy then there is all that joy there is happiness tripti the total satisfaction or happiness so how these seven stages are there with reference to in the story of the tenth man so also there are seven stages in case of this individual whom now we call wise man in this is how the whole chapter this chapter is dealt with all these various stages we studied up to 250 verses of this chapter up to these verses the author had described this up to six stages meaning the removal of the grief and from now on to the verse 251 onwards up to the verses 298 in this chapter up to the end of the chapter now the author is going to describe the final stage which is what is known as triptihi the total satisfaction that a wise man experiences <coughs> so this sanskrit book we are on the page 269 and the verse 200 up to that point we had done For example, verse 247 said there, Dasha mopi shirastadam rudan buddhvana rodidi 
Shirovrastumasena Shanaisham Edinotada. Says here that this tenth boy, this boys, when they thought that the tenth man is lost, then they were searching for the tenth man. In the process of searching, they were going about here and there. And in that process, this boy fell down. He got hurt. And there was an injury on his head. And therefore, there is a bandage now on his head. So he was at the moment weeping and crying because already the tenth, his friend also was lost. The friend was perhaps dead. On the top of that, he also had this injury, head injury, and therefore, Rodidi, he was weeping. Now when he comes to know the tenth man is not lost, I am the tenth man. Shirastaram Rudan Buddhvan Rodidi. No more now he beats his head, no more he is weeping. Shirovrastu, even though there is head injury alright, even though there is pain, but then, Dashamamrutilabhena jato harsho vranavyatham. Now the joy that has arisen in him, that I am the tenth man, that vyatha or that pain of that injury no more bothers him. There is pain all right. And it will take perhaps a month, he says, shanaihi masena shanaihi shammedi. It may take about a month for that head injury ultimately to go away, to subside. And there is pain all right. But now he knows, I am the tenth man and therefore he no more feels the pain of that injury. Swamiji must have told you in course of this discourses and we also discussed last time that in the process of searching for the tenth man, one may fall down and then one may break the head also. But that injury now and that hurt, no more hurts him in the, in the wake of the joy or the happiness of discovering the fact that I am the tenth man. <coughs> Similarly also for the wise man, there is what we call prarabdha karma. Even when the knowledge takes place, the man continues to live, the person. So the wise person continues to live. The body does not drop off because his body is the product of what we call prarabdha karma. The actions which have already started to fructify and have given rise to this body, and those actions continue to be there. As a result, the wise person also continues to live. So he carries his body along with him or her. And whatever afflictions the body has, for example, even a wise person also, there, there may be old age, disease, and this kind of pain and thinking can be there. The wise person also continues to function in this world like before, and therefore, there can be experiences of the world which are pleasant and pleasant. All of these things happen. However, all of these things are not felt at all. In the wake of the, the total joy and the fulfillment of discovering that I am a complete being. Just as the tenth man, having discovered that I am the tenth man, no more is now bothered by the pain of the injury that he incurred. And so also the wise person is no more bothered by the afflictions, etc., which continue to remain in the body in the wake of the total fulfillment that one experiences or gains as a result of the knowledge of one's being complete self. Muktilabha tatha prarabdha dukhidam. That prarabdha brings this dukkha, even for a wise person also. That dukkha means some, some pain, unpleasantness continue to be there in the life. And that does not bother because there is a, a knowledge or a sense of total fulfillment. Samayat tau shadhenayam dashamasvam ranam yatha bhogena samayitvaitat 
ಬಾಡಿ So as long as the body is there, the limitation of the body continues to remain at an apparent level. Even those limitations also go away when as a result of exhaustion of the prarabdha, the body also drops off and then even these apparent afflictions do not remain. <coughs> so verse 250, we came up to this point. Now continuing, the last paragraph on the page 269. Aparokshagnana. ಶೋಕ ನಿವೃತ್ತಿಯಾಖ್ಯೆ ಉಭೆ ಇಮೆ ಅವಸ್ಥೆ ಜೀವಗೆ ಬ್ರೂತೆ ಆತ್ಮಾನ ಚೇದ್ವಿತಿ ಅನೇನ ಶ್ಲೋಕೇನರ್ ಆತ್ಮಾನ ಚೇದ್ವಿಜಾನೀಯಾತ್ ಅಯಮಸ್ಮೀದಿ ಪುರುಷ ಕಿಮಿಚ್ಛನ್ ಕಾಮಾಯ ಶರೀರಮನು ಸಂಜ್ವರೇದ್ ಸೊ ಅಯಮಸ್ಮೀದಿ ಪುರುಷ ಇಟ್ ಶೋಸ್ ಅಪರೋಕ್ಷ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಇಮಿಡಿಯೇಟ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಶರೀರಂ ಅನುಸಂ ಕಿಂ ಶರೀರಂ ಅನುಸಂಜ್ವರೇದ್ why should one continue to suffer along with the afflictions of the body shows what we call a total freedom from any kind of suffering jasmin mantra aparoksha jnana shok nivrutyakhe jivavaste dve abhitaiti uktam that verse said specifically mentioned these two states aparoksha jnanam and freedom from from suffering idanim tad ಅಭಿಧಾನ ಸೂಚಿತಾಂ ಜೀವಸ್ಯ ಸಪ್ತಮೀಂ ತೃಪ್ತಿ ಲಕ್ಷಣ ಲಕ್ಷಣಾಮವಸ್ಥಾಂ ವೃತ್ತಾನುಕೀರ್ತನ ಪೂರ್ವಕಂ ವಕ್ತುಮಾರಭತೆ ನಾಫ್ ನವರ್ಸ್ ಟು ಫಿಫ್ಟಿ ಒನ್ ದಿ ಆಥರ್ ಪ್ರೊಸೀಡ್ಸ್ ಟು ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರೈಬ್ ವಾಟ್ ವಿ ಕಾಲ್ ದ ಸೆವೆಂತ್ ಅವಸ್ಥಾ ದ ಸೆವೆಂತ್ ಸ್ಟೇಜ್ ದಿ ಫೈನಲ್ ಸ್ಟೇಜ್ ಆಫ್ ತೃಪ್ತಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಟೋಟಲ್ ಫುಲ್ಫಿಲ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಇವನ್ ದೋ ದ ವರ್ಸ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಹೃದಾರಣ್ಯಕೋರೆಡ್ ಡಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಡೈರೆಕ್ಟ್ ಸ್ಟೇಜ್ ದಿ ತೃಪ್ತಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಫುಲ್ಫಿಲ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಬಟ್ ಸೂಚಿತಾಂ ಇಟ್ ಇಂಡಿಕೇಟ್ಸ್ when there is a total freedom from any kind of unhappiness unhappiness or suffering there is whatever obstacle there is to tripti is gone so understand that what the scriptures tell us is that happiness is the nature of the self and therefore really speaking everybody should be happy for no reason at all when happiness is the nature of the self wish everyone should be happy there is no reason why one should not be happy just as existence is the nature of the self and therefore everyone exists consciousness is the nature of the self therefore each one is conscious without any effort so also happiness is the nature of the self and therefore everyone should be happy without any effort however what happens is that happiness gets obstructed somehow for example in deep sleep when we are fast asleep even our self consciousness gets obstructed we are not conscious of ourselves in the deep sleep because the consciousness is as obstructed how is it obstructed because of the veil of ignorance so in deep sleep just as even the, that i am a, you know that i am a conscious being even that sense also is not there similarly also in the waking and dream states the fact that i am happiness that fact is obstructed it is on account of that obstruction that we are not able to experience or feel the happiness that we are happiness is the nature of the self but it is obstructed by what by ignorance 
and by the superimposition that follows ignorance. Not knowing the self and taking the self different from what it is. It is this which really obstructs the happiness of the self. Like the tenth man. He is the tenth man. There is no reason why he should not know that he is the tenth. I mean, there is no reason why he should feel that the tenth man is lost. There is no reason why he should have been searching for the tenth man. Still we find the tenth man searching for the tenth man. Why is it so? Because of ignorance. He does not know that he is the tenth man. Not only that, but he thinks that the tenth man is lost. So it is because of this that he is not able to own up himself. There is what we call a self-disowning on account of ignorance, on account of adhyarupa or superimposition. And so, so in our life that is what we call self-disowning. That even though happiness is the nature of the self, still we do not seem to be owning up that happiness because of this wrong conclusion that I am this body, I am a doer, I am an enjoyer, I am an individual being. So sense of individuality or sense of limitation that arises on account of identification of the body, etc., is what is the obstruction to the happiness which is my own self. And when that obstruction goes away, then happiness or ananda which is self-effulgent manifests itself. It is not that the wise man has to make any effort to be happy. The wise person is happy effortlessly. Just as effortlessly we exist, just as effortlessly we are conscious, so so when the obstruction to the happiness goes away, effortlessly we become happy. Therefore here there is only a question of removing the obstacle. It is not that happiness has to be acquired or happiness has to be created. Happiness only has to be become made manifest. Just as water gets covered because of the moss, just as the sun which is self-shining gets covered on account of clouds, and all that is necessary is to remove the clouds, and the sun who is shining just appears as shining. And so also the self, which is ananda or happiness in nature, all we have to do is to remove the obstacle to the happiness. What is the obstacle? Ignorance, which is the nature of avaranam and vikshepa, veiling and superimposition. When this ignorance goes away, the happiness, which is the nature of the self and which is self-effulgent, just becomes manifest. In fact, in every moment of happiness, this is what happens. In a moment of happiness, all that happens is that obstacle of the nature of the notions, etc., just drop off for the moment and I find myself a happy person. Except that I don't know at that time. And so, in case of wise person also, all that has happened is, the obstacle to the happiness has gone away, and therefore, that happiness is spontaneous, effortless. This is what is called tripti, this is called the total satisfaction. And thus, the total satisfaction the wise man experiences is being described from the verse 251. So the verse 251 says, Kim 
किमिच्छन इति वाक्योक्त है इफ यू रिमेम्बर दैट वर्स आत्मानं चेत विजानियाद आई मस्मी दि पुरुष है दैट्स द फर्स्ट लाइन किमिच्छन कस्य कामाय शरीर मनु संजवरे दैट्स द सेकंड लाइन सो किमिच्छन इति उत्तरादेन अभीत है द सेकंड लाइन सेड किमिच्छन डिजायरिंग व्हाट कस्य कामाय फॉर व्हिच डिजायर शरीर मनु संजवरे that one will invite upon oneself the afflictions of the body or afflictions of this limited existence meaning one becomes totally free from all the afflictions because there is no desirer and therefore there is no desire id uttaradena abhitahayah shokamokshah that verse clearly stated that the wise person totally becomes free from shoka shoka means grief or or unhappiness सह एतावता ग्रंथ संदर्भेण उदीरितः अभिहितः दैट हैज बीन डिस्क्राइब सो फार इन द टू वर्सेस अप टू 250 आवासस्य ही अवस्था एषा दिस इज द अवस्था ऑफ द जीवाद इंडिविजुअल एषा अज्ञानम सो दिस टीका सेज हियर बिकॉज़ इन द वर्स 33 ऑफ दिस चैप्टर द सेवन स्टेजेस वर डिस्क्राइब्ड देयर अज्ञानमावृति तद्वेपस्थ परोक्षदी अपरोक्षमति शोकमोक्ष तृप्तिर्नकुशाएन श्लोकन अभिहितासु सप्तसु जीवावस्थासु षष्ठी अज्ञानम आवृति विक्षेप परोक्षदी अपरोक्षमति शोकमोक्ष निरंकुशा तृप्ति इग्नरेंस आवृति वेलिंग विक्षेप सुपर इंपोजिशन परोक्षदी इंडाइरेक्ट नॉलेज अपरोक्षमति इमीडिएट नॉलेज शोकमोक्ष फ्रीडम फ्रॉम शोक ग्रीफ निरंकुशा तृप्ति स्पॉन्थेनियस जॉय स्पॉन्थेनियस लिमिटलेस और स्पॉन्थेनियस अनबाउंड जॉय इति अनेन श्लोकेन अभिहितासु सप्तसु जीवावस्थासु दस श्लोका सेटेड द सेवन स्टेजेस ऑफ दिस जीवा षष्ठी दी सेकंड वर सेकंड लाइन किमिच्छन Actually, talked about the sixth avastha, saptatruptis to saptami. The seventh avastha is trupti, or the seventh ultimate stage of the wise man is trupti, meaning the total happiness or fulfilment. Vyakya de. Now that is going to be expounded from the verse two fifty two. Aparokshagnyaan jnana ha trupte he nirankushatvam pratiyogi pradarshan purasaram pratijani de. What's the nature of happiness that we experience? With reference to this, the happiness that a wise person experiences is described. Now, to give us an idea, aparokshignana jnana ha trupte that trupti is the total satisfaction that arises as a result of aparokshignana, immediate knowledge of oneself. Nirankushatum that that trupti or that satisfaction is nirankusha, is boundless, is free from any dependence. Is free from any reason. That unbound satisfaction that is experienced by that person, pratiyogi pradarshana purasanam. That unbounded satisfaction is described here in reference to pratiyogi. That limited satisfaction that ignorant person experiences, with reference to the limited satisfaction experienced by an ignorant person, the the unbounded satisfaction experienced by the wise person is being described. प्रतिजानी दे दी ऑथर मेक्स द प्रोपोजिशन इन द वर्स 252 
ಸಾಂಕುಶಾ ವಿಷಯೈಸ್ತೃಪ್ತಿ ಸಾಂಕುಶಾ ವಿಷಯೈಸ್ತೃಪ್ತಿ ಇಯಂ ತೃಪ್ತಿರ್ನಿರಂಕುಶ ಇಯಂ ತೃಪ್ತಿರ್ನಿರಂಕುಶ ಕೃತ ಕೃತ್ಯ ಪ್ರಾಪಣೀಯ ಕೃತ ಕೃತ್ಯ ಪ್ರಾಪಣೀಯ ಪ್ರಾಪ್ತಮಿತ್ಯೇವ ತೃಪ್ಯದೆ ಪ್ರಾಪ್ತಮಿತ್ಯೇವ ತೃಪ್ಯದೆ ಸಾಂಕುಶ ವಿಷಯ ತೃಪ್ತಿ ತೃಪ್ತಿ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸ್ಯಾಟಿಸ್ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಷನ್ ಎವ್ರಿಬಡಿ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೀರಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ನೌ ಅಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ವೆನ್ ವಿ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೀರಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಸ್ಯಾಟಿಸ್ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಷನ್ ವಿಷಯ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ದಿ ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ ಜನರಲಿ ಸ್ಪೀಕಿಂಗ್ ದಿ ಸ್ಯಾಟಿಸ್ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಎಂಜಾಯ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಆರ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪಿನೆಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಎನ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆಂಟ್ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಕಮ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಾಮ್ ವಿಷಯ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ ವಿಷಯ ಲಾಭಜನ್ಯಾಯ ತೃಪ್ತಿ there is a momentary or a sudden satisfaction when i experience something which i have been longing for something which i desire <clears throat> so when a desire or object presents itself before me there is the experience of happiness however that happiness is limited is limited in many ways vishayantar kamanaya kundhitatvat sankushatvam since the happiness that i experience as a result of experiencing one object is limited on account of the another desire that arises even when i am experiencing something that i like still there is in the background another desire there is always a potential of the another desire because i know that the satisfaction that i am experiencing is limited so when i am watching a movie when i am doing something which i am enjoying at that time also i know from my past experiences that this enjoyment or this happiness is going to be limited it is going to come to an end and therefore there is going to follow another desire because again when this experience is over there is going to be a desire for another experience even when i am experiencing an object and experiencing happiness there is satishatvam still i know that this is not this could be better than what it is even i'm eating pizza for example sunday evening which i enjoy and still i know that the pizza that this man made 15 days ago two sundays ago was better it's not quite like that so this is nice this is good all right not quite like another one so even when i am enjoying that pizza there is in the background this little dissatisfaction that it could be better the salt is a little too much cheese is not as thick as it used to be last time you know or the sauce is not quite that or whatever and so this is these are the limiting factors that when i am even when i am happy i know that this happiness is limited how many slices of pizza can i eat 1 2 3 4 whatever and that's it and the amount of happiness that a pizza slice can give me again comes to an end because an object is limited and therefore it can only give me a limited amount of happiness and therefore the happiness that we gain as a result of experience of desirable object is going to be limited in time is going to be limited also in the intensity because i have experienced more happiness and therefore i know that there is something better than this this is not total or this is not quite as much as it should be so satishatvam and then kshayishnutvam that the happiness that I experience comes to an end the happiness that I experience could be better or you know it, it could be better than what it is this awareness is always there 
And therefore, the happiness that they experience from the sense objects is always limited. Limited in time, it is bound. What is the, with reference to this, the happiness that a wise person experiences is what? Free from all these boundaries. Asyastu tadabhavad nirankushatvam The happiness that a wise person experiences is not born happiness. Is not generated as a result of an experience. The happiness does not come because of a certain nimitta, does not come because of a certain reason. The happiness that we experience as a reason. Why am I happy? Because the food is good. Why am I happy? Because I received a letter. Why am I happy? Because my friend called me. There is always a reason why I am happy. Ask a wise person, why are you happy? Well, I cannot but be otherwise. Because happiness is very nature. That all the obstacle that was there in the expression of the happiness has gone away. And therefore, nirankusha truptihi. The happiness of a wise person is not because of a reason. It is not arisen on account of gaining something or whatever. It is there by itself. It is self-effulgent. And therefore, tadeva dashayadi krutam krutyam. What does a wise person feel? Krutam krutyam. Whatever was to be done has been done. Praptam prapaniyam. Whatever to be gained in this life has been gained. See, there is always a dissatisfaction in us that I have not done what all I should do. Still this, this, this remains to be done. Or I have not yet gained what all I need to gain. This, this, this needs to be gained. So, even when we complete a task and experience a satisfaction, that satisfaction again is uh, that, that lasts for a period of time and again another task presents itself before me. Okay, now I have to do this. When I finish a task, there is satisfaction. That satisfaction again is only short-lived because another task presents itself before me. When I acquire something, there is satisfaction all right. But then for a period of time, again another desire presents itself before me that I need to acquire something else. So this is the struggle in life. That we keep on acquiring things one after the other because there is no end to what all we want. And we keep on exerting ourselves because there is in our us a sense that this has to be done, this has to be done, and therefore there is no end to what all has to be done. There is, there is a kartavya. I should do this. Actually doing is not a problem. But this, this sense of duty in me, or the sense of obligation in me, that I must do this. It is that which in fact is a burden on me. And therefore, in spite of doing a lot of things, this sense of kartavya, that I must do this, the sense of obligation continues to remain. The wise man finds himself or herself totally free from a sense of obligation. Totally free from a sense of kartavya or a duty that this has to be done. <clears throat> I on the other hand, if I don't do a given thing, I feel guilty. If I don't do a given thing, I feel uh, that I have failed. And therefore there is a need on my part to do things. See, it's one thing that we do things, is another thing that we have to do things. An ignorant person is compelled to do a thing, because if he doesn't do that, he feels guilty, he feels dissatisfied, he feels he has failed. I have to acquire things in my life, because without them I am incomplete. 
I find myself incomplete in absence of the things that I desire. I find myself incomplete or dissatisfied because I have not done what I should do. And therefore, this, this sense of having to do a given thing, having to acquire a certain thing, they always remain and they always are a total burden on my mind. And they alone compel me to keep on doing things one after the other. And because of this burden, I find myself not totally satisfied. <clears throat> the wise person is free from this burden. That I must do this, this has to be done. If I don't do this, I'm incomplete or I'm guilty or I'm failure. This sense is not there. Or that I must acquire a given thing. Without that I'm unhappy, that also is not there. In short, the satisfaction of an ignorant person arises from acquiring something that the person does not have, which a person desires, or accomplishing something that a person has not accomplished. It is not that our happiness merely comes from the sense pleasure. Our happiness also comes because we do things. I did a good thing. I did something. I cleaned this place. I am satisfied. I helped somebody. I am satisfied. I did this gardening work. I am satisfied. So even that action also gives me satisfaction. It's not that we always eat pizza, etc. and that is the only source of happiness. But then the source of happiness comes because we do something that we like to do. That is a sense of accomplishment. So happiness of an ordinary person comes from a sense of accomplishment or from an experience of something that is desirable. I'm happy in company of a friend. Happy in company of someone whom I like. So either there is, an there is a happiness because of accomplishing something or happiness because of experiencing something. These are the generally sources of our happiness. A wise man's happiness does not come from either of that. It is something that is welling spontaneously, whether in company of something desirable or not, whether there is an accomplishment or not, the person is happy. So this is how the satisfaction that a wise person experiences is distinguished from the satisfaction that an ignorant person generally experiences. How else can you describe the happiness of a wise person? There is no way to describe it. It can only be contrasted. It can be only contrasted to the happiness that an ordinary person experiences. So we experience happiness because an accomplishment is there. We experience happiness because some sense pleasure is there. So and each these experiences or this happiness is limited. Because a sense object can only give me limited happiness for a limited time, in limited intensity, in limited measure. Or accomplishment also can give me satisfaction up to a limited, in a limited measure only because every accomplishment also is limited. I find that someone has accomplished more than I have. I find that even I accomplished something more than I did today. And therefore, every accomplishment also is limited. Every sense pleasure also is limited. And therefore, the happiness that an ignorant person experiences is always going to be limited. Compared to this, the wise man's experience of happiness is free from these limitations. And this is how the happiness or the satisfaction experienced by the wise person is described by the author. <clears throat> so, wise person is called Krutakritya. This is a very beautiful expression. Krutakritya. Krutakritya means Krutam Krutyam Yenasaha Krutakritya. One who has done whatever needs to be done. 
One who has accomplished whatever needs to be accomplished. You imagine, suppose you accomplish everything that you think should be accomplished by you. How would you feel? Total satisfaction. We have a list of accomplishments, how to do this, 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 a long list. Imagine for a moment that you accomplish everything that needs to be accomplished in life. At the physical level, emotional level, intellectual level or spiritual level, at every level. Every accomplishment is fulfilled. Then there is what we call a total satisfaction. <clears throat> and this is the kind of a satisfaction that a wise person feels. Again that satisfaction is described in the verse 253 with reference to the satisfaction that an ordinary person has. Says verse 253. Aihika musmika vrata, aihika musmika vrata, siddhai muktescha siddhai, siddhai muktescha siddhai, bahukrutyam purasya bhud, bahukrutyam purasya bhud, tat sarva madhuna kritam, tat sarva madhuna kritam. Aihika amusmika vrata siddhai, Muktesya Siddhaye Pura Asya Bahukrutyam Abhud. So, three kinds of Krutya or three kinds of Kartavya that we have. Aihika, Amashmika and Mukti. <coughs> Asya Vidushaha Tattva Jnana Vadayat Puram Ihaloke Ishta Prapte Anishta Nivritte Cha Krushivani Jadigam. So, in this world, we want in this life, we want two things. Ishta prapte and ishta nivrutte. We want to acquire that which is desirable, anishta nivrutti, and we want to get rid of that which is undesirable. Ishta prapti, anishta nivrutti. Sukha prapti, dukha nivrutti. A person is generally propelled by one of these two desires. Sukha prapti, acquiring happiness. Dukkha nivrutti, getting rid of unhappiness. What else? So constantly one of the one of these two, acquiring happiness or getting rid of unhappiness. If I have headache, how to get rid of it? Stomachache, how to get rid of it? Whatever. Any pain, any affliction is there, we want to get rid of this. This is one thing. Or acquiring happiness. How to become happy? So for becoming happy, or for becoming free, free from unhappiness. Krushi vanijyadikam, various activities are performed in this life by people. Krushi meaning agriculture, vanijya meaning trade, business, etc. So all kinds of activities are performed by people in order to acquire happiness or get rid of unhappiness. So therefore we find people totally engaged, busy. From morning till evening, day in and day out, people are busy merely as propelled by these two desires, sukha prapti, dukha nivrutti. <coughs> yoga and kshema. Yoga means acquiring what we do not have. Kshema is protection of what we have. So acquiring what we do not have and protection of what we have. Acquiring happiness, getting rid of unhappiness. These are the things that propel a person into performance of activities. And this wise person also sees that formerly I was so busy, people have no time, they are all tied up because of these two things. 
This person is totally untied. Everyone is tied up. Why is he tied up? Only because Sukha Prapti, Dukha Nivrti. I have to become happy or I must get rid of unhappiness. Either I must get someone I like or I must get rid of someone I do not like. I must get something that I like, I must get rid of something that I do not like. What else are we thinking? If you, if you analyze all the thoughts, then also you will find this is all that the mind thinks about. What to do so that this thing that causes pain goes away? And what should I do so that that which gives me happiness comes? That's all. When I like a person, always a desire in me to quote the company of the person. If I don't like somebody, my mind will also think about what, how to avoid that, how to get away from that. Anyway, and therefore, this, what we call the desire for happiness and desire for getting rid of unhappiness, propels many activities. Then second is Amushmika Svargad Siddhaye. Although we don't have to bother about this, but in the olden days, because of Vaidika Samskaras, people also wanted to secure happiness for themselves in other world. Well, in every culture it is there. But in the Indian culture, in the Hindu culture, there was what we call Svarga, the heavens. And therefore, the Veda, the scriptures also, they enjoin or recommend so many rituals by performance of which we can secure for ourselves happiness in the other world. Because there is a belief here that the life continues after the death of this body and that one gains a birth in accordance with one's actions in this life. Therefore also there is a desire to perform specific kind of actions so that in heavens, I have a birth in the heavens. Or a certain place is reserved for me. Like today, a person may want to go to moon. So therefore they reserve the places. In the olden days, is to perform certain rituals so that a place is reserved for them in heavens. And for that also, many actions were performed. Lots of things were done. So, yāga upāsanādikam. You perform various rituals, you perform various meditations, various prayers. And lot of these activities were done in order to acquire happiness hereafter. <coughs> So, krutyam, krutam. So, that also had to be done. For remaining happy in this world, lot of things had to be done. For acquiring or securing happiness hereafter also, lots of things had to be done. And thirdly, there were some enlightened people who wanted moksha. So, these were ordinary people who wanted happiness here and hereafter. And when this viveka or the discrimination arises, then a person wants to be totally free. Or the person wants what we call lasting happiness. One recognizes that the happiness acquired in this life or the life hereafter is all limited. So one wants what we call lasting happiness, which is what we call moksha. Moksha sadhana jnana siddhaya. And then one recognizes that moksha, the liberation, comes as a result of the knowledge of the self. And how do you gain the knowledge? From the scriptures. Shravanam mananam nididhyasanam. Shravanadikam kartavyam. So what are we doing? For moksha. What do we want? Knowledge of the self. How do you gain the knowledge of the self? By, by, by shravanam, listening to the teacher. By mananam, reflection upon what we have listened to. By nididhyasanam, to own up that knowledge. To become free from what we call the habitual error and own up that knowledge. Shravanam, mananam, nididhyasanam. So these are the means, these are the things that are done by the person who is desirous of moksha or liberation. So wise man recalls all this. So look, formerly I was so busy, so many things had to be done, because in this life I wanted to be happy, I wanted to be free from unhappiness, 
that I also desired that I should be happy hereafter. Later on, I desired to be free and for that also I had to study the scriptures, reflect upon that, meditate on that. Iti bahuvidam kartavyam asi, bahukrityam abhud. So much was to be done formally, before the dawn of knowledge. Tat sarvam adhunakrutam. So this satisfaction, all of that has been done. Idanim tu samsarika phalecha bhavat. Brahmananda sakshatkarasa siddhatvacha. Now, there is no need for acquiring happiness, no need to get rid of unhappiness. Because happiness doesn't have to be acquired, happiness is my own self, doesn't have to be acquired. And unhappiness cannot touch me, therefore there is no question of getting rid of unhappiness. So when in the wise person therefore this knowledge has taken place, knowledge of the nature of the self has taken place, the person recognizes the self will be totally happy. No question of acquiring happiness, so no need to do anything to acquire happiness. And unhappiness or sadness cannot touch me, therefore no need to do anything to get rid of unhappiness. So all the activities prompted by the desire of Sukhaprati and Dukkha Nivrti, those activities, no one necessary. He is totally relieved. And he is Brahmananda. He, he, he enjoys the happiness with self and therefore there is no need to acquire happiness with Swarga also because even that is also limited. And therefore Swarga Echa, happiness to gain, you know, desire to gain happiness in Swarga or heavens, that is also not there. So no need to perform any rituals or meditations or prayer or whatever upasana for Swarga. And tat sarvam shravanadikam Is it necessary anymore to listen to the scriptures? No more. Because shravanam manam nididhyasanam No more is necessary. Because he has an abiding knowledge of self and therefore no need also now to engage in study of Sanskrit. No need. Should I study logic? No need. Should I do anything? You may do it, it's all right. That there is no compulsion. The idea is one is totally free from compulsion. It is not that the wise person always lies down and doesn't do anything. Does out of joy. An ignorant person does for the sake of joy. A wise person does out of joy. There is a great difference there. Here I study grammar, I must study logic, I must study all the scriptures because I know that I must study it. Is necessary for me to get the clarity of knowledge and abidance in knowledge and therefore we do this. That person studies for the sake of, you know, studying out of the joy. Therefore, there is no compulsion at all. So, Krishyaga Shravanadikam Krutam Krutaprayama Bhut and therefore all of this is as good as done. Atafparam Anushthetva Bhava Adhuna Krutam Therefore, there is no Anushthetva, there is nothing more to be done. So what can a person do? A person has to do things for becoming happy in this world or hereafter or person has to do something to become free from the bondage. When there is no bondage, when there is the, the happiness of the self, nothing remains to be done. And therefore, there is a total relief from any kind of a compulsion that they need to do brings about and thus a wise man experiences the habit. So this is how the satisfaction is described. How I would feel when I do something that I have wanted to do. Add up all this. All the tasks that I have to do today, so all of them are done. Then how much satisfaction would I feel? There is a kind of satisfaction that a wise person experiences in wake of the knowledge. This is how tripti. Tripti means the total satisfaction is now being described in this verses. Okay, we will continue with this tomorrow. <coughs>
ಪೂರ್ಣಮದ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಿದ ಪೂರ್ಣಾತ್ಪೂರ್ಣಮುದಚ್ಯತೆ ಪೂರ್ಣಸ್ಯೂರ್ಣಮಾದಾಯಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಶಂಕರ ಶಂಕರಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಕೇಶವಂ ಬಾದರಾಯಣ ಸೂತ್ರಭಾಷ್ಯಕೃತೌ ವಂದೇ ಭಗವಂತೌ ಪುನಃ ಪುನಃ ಈಶ್ವರೋ ಗುರುರಾತ್ಮೇದಿ ಮೂರ್ತಿಭೇದ ವಿಭಾಗಿನೆ ವ್ಯೋಮವ್ಯಾಪ್ತೇಹಾಯ ದಕ್ಷಿಣಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ